0: Welcome to Entrepreneurial Reality with Bash. Every week, we'll be speaking to startup and scale up founders to learn about them, their ambitions for the business, goals, and objectives. Every conversation is a moment in time, documenting entrepreneurs' current situation with a view to coming back next year to see how they are getting on. Each journey will be different, each innovation could be game changing. I hope you enjoy. Series 1, episode 11. Uh, I've got Luke Pitkin with me, co-founder of Sniper. Uh, Luke, welcome.
1: Thank you. How are you?
0: I'm good, thank you. I'm good. So uh, thank you very much for taking the time to share with us your current situation with Sniper. Talk to us about the challenges you're looking to overcome with the solution, but also a bit of background around who you are as an individual and Mm. how you've got to where
1: you are today. My brief background is that I studied um, a master's degree in sports nutrition, I, d- I kind of did nutrition and sports through university, ended up working part time in recruitment when I was still studying. I was kind of studying, paying for my master's, working at the same time with the view that I was then going to leave recruitment and go into the sporting world with my degree. Ended up just kind of getting sucked into that world, staying there, ended up getting an opportunity to go and work in, in Sydney and in, in, in Australia um, and ended up doing four or five years in in recruitment and it was whilst I was out in Sydney that I kind of came up with the concept that is sniper and started looking at the industry and and thinking I believe there's ways that we can we can change this we can potentially innovate Um, and once I had that kind of idea in my head I just ran with it in the end I had an idea in my head I started drawing plans out and putting together a business and before I knew it I had this I could see where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do so I felt at that point you know now I've got to commit and and move forward with it and, and kind of here we are.
0: Great. So how did you come up with the name Sniper in the first place?
1: Sniper, that name, the the, the idea came from when I was thinking about the product and and what the product wanted to do and and what what we want the product to do. I started relating that to, to words like scoping out an opportunity, targeting your next hire when you're kind of looking for your next job and and sniper as a platform is about kind of cutting through the noise and and working as a precision instrument so it allows employers to quickly find the right recruiter for them and quickly find the right candidate for them instead of having to kind of trawl through the sea of the recruitment industry so to speak and that kind of whole precision element targeting scoping out an opportunity um, is is where the name came from because i thought that tied in quite nicely and then the double I just purely came from the fact that the single I was already a registered company in the UK. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up with Sniper with a double I. Could you explain a little bit more around what you mean by opportunity? A recruiter is scoping out their next opportunity to support a client if a client is um, looking for their, for their next hire. Or really, when I when I think about it, it's, it's candidates as well, helping candidates to find their next opportunity like one of the big things we're we're going to do is we've got ideas of how we're going to bring candidates into our platform as well so when they're kind of looking for their next opportunity as in their next job um they can utilize recruiters on the platform to help them kind of again cut through that noise and Mm. and get to the right person get to the right job and and find the next step in their career so that's kind of what I meant by that word
0: okay so the specific problems that you're facing within the industry today uh, could you elaborate on that
1: yeah sure so i think the big problems that we're trying to solve is is firstly that the industry is experiencing exponential growth so last year in the uk alone there was 9000 over 9000 new recruitment companies that were opened in the uk and we've got 35000 in total if the trend continues and we get 9,000 new recruitment companies opening each year. Yes, you're going to get some churn and burn, obviously. But, you know, the the number of agencies out there is going to almost double in the next four to five years. and And that then makes it really hard for employers to be able to to navigate that and employers are time short anyway especially when it comes to recruitment and finding the right agency if they're getting approached from all different angles it's tough for them to know who's the right person to support them and and manage all of that so we are as a as a platform and a marketplace centralizing independent recruiters under our sniper umbrella so that for employers you know they can come to the platform it's standardized there's one set of terms everybody follows the same process and it gives them access to technically anybody that wants to be wants to be apart from a part of the platform. And then for the employer, they only have to deal with the admin of dealing with one company dealing with one business rather than signing terms with multiple different agencies and managing them all through different channels. Um, the, the second thing that I think that we're trying to solve is, is the fact that the industry is completely unregulated. I think one of the reasons that we're seeing so many people open a recruitment company is because it's so e- easy to do. You, you know, you need no kind of qualifications or you need no previous um, certifications or experience and there's minimal overheads and there's minimal cost to opening a recruitment business really you can open one from your bedroom if you've got a laptop and a phone you set up a company you put yourself on linkedin and say that you're a specialist recruiter in whatever area it is that you want to do and you're off Um, and i think that poses a challenge for employers further down the line as well because you you face that question of who do we know who to trust who do we know who's got the experience that that we need and will be able to find us the right people. And, and we're trying to solve that issue by the rate and review system that we have on our marketplace. So every recruiter that becomes part of the sniper community has a profile, very similar to the likes of the profile that you'd have on LinkedIn. and um, But we track live stats around how many jobs they've worked, how long they've been on the system, how many CVs they've sent, how many interviews they've had and, and how many placements they've made. So it's raw data that the employer can use to review that individual, and then recruiters are given recommendations and referrals every time they engage with their uh, employer pl- through our platform. So, you know, that profiling element is becoming a really big part of the value that we bring because employers can now come to the site and, and when they've got an opportunity they need support with, they can look at the recruiters that have been on our system, assess them, analyze their capabilities, and it then should give them the confidence of, okay, this person has been doing this for a certain period of time or can actually deliver on what they say they can.
0: Hmm. So you have this idea. How do you then go about building the market viable product?
1: Yeah, so, so I, was, I was quite lucky, if you like, or maybe you create your own luck. I don't, I don't know. But I, when I was working as a recruiter, came in contact with my co-founder, who's a gentleman called Martin, Martin Hunter, and I actually found him a job. And we we became quite good friends through that process of me working with him and finding him a job opportunity. And at the time when we met, I was learning to code. I was learning software. I knew I wanted to go into this world. I knew I was never going to be the person to build this, but I wanted to get an understanding of the basics and the foundations of how this works. And, And Martin, when he found out that I was learning, said to me I'll, I'll teach you i'll mentor you so he spent probably about six months mentoring me every couple of weeks we'd meet up and grab a beer and, and he'd teach me things and give me some reading material and some exercises to do and some learning to do and i'd come back every couple of weeks and it went on like that and that relationship that we built then is what became our partnership and one day i said to him look i've got this idea and um, the reason i'm learning software is because i want to build this product i think that it can innovate in the recruitment industry you've obviously been giving me a hell of a lot of time over the last six months and we've kind of built this relationship. So it would be great if I could have you on board. And we ended up agreeing to go into business together. And that's probably been one of the, or if not the best decision that that I've made so far, because the MVP, the product was built for free and it was built by Martin. Martin's been able to create everything and handle everything um, as a dev. So it's meant that we've been able to bootstrap the business and been able to get the MVP out there um, purely off the back of the work that he's put into it.
0: How old is the application then as it stands today? I've been on your website, had a look at a short overview of your demonstration, which looks very interesting. Uh, so sniper.co.uk yep. with two eyes. Yeah. okay. Uh, <laughs> so. Just tell us a bit more about the maturity of the products at the moment. And uh, are you looking for funding at this point in time?
1: So, yeah, we're still very early stages, I'd say, that the product was launched on... December the 4th 2017 so we're coming up to nearly a year that we've been live and um, the version of the system that you will have seen on the homepage is like our second iteration really mm-hmm. we launched a, a product in December that was completely different to what we have now and the newer version of the, the platform was launched about six weeks ago we've still got a long way to go I think like anything there's always continual improvements that you can make and there's some key features that we that we really want to build out um and and i think once we do we'll then have the the product in a i would say at that point a very very much mvp state where it handles the the whole recruitment process well um i I'd, i'd say we're probably probably about three or four months away from that and and with you know having just martin and only having one individual working on the product things take time but we are we do now have a system that Handles the full life cycle from an employer posting a job up there, being able to review and uh, connect with recruiters, CVs going through the platform, interviews being requested in the platform. It's all there. You know, an employer can add all their colleagues onto the same company and a company can have different contacts managing it. So it, it is getting there. Uh, one of the big things that we need to do in the next couple of months is it's, you know, the next big thing for us is a messaging system so that employers and recruiters can actually message directly through the platform rather than outside of the platform but in the whole i think you know every single month we slowly get there in answer to the the other question is is yeah we're, we're dipping our toe into the investment world i think we can see the value of having um bringing on people to support us um we have as i mentioned bootstrapped the company so we're in no urgent rush to raise funds because our spends are minimal because between the two of us, we kind of handle the software development and sales and marketing aspect of it. But we also see the value in if we, we have a little bit more capital and some extra support. You know, there's some some definitely areas that we can expand in in terms of bringing more people in to help with business development, help with the product, help with marketing. But from my from my side of things, it's important to make sure we find... The right people right we want to find somebody that not only brings capital but maybe brings experience in saying I've, I've scaled a software company like this before it's something that i'm familiar with and this is kind of my network these are the people that i can introduce you to and i, th- I really think i can help drive the business forward because that's what's going to help us as well that kind of experience
0: and that's the theme i'm coming across with many startups sourcing the right angel investors in the first place with the uh, the, the knowledge the credibility the network of influencers as well that they could leverage to help grow and scale the platform from a functionality standpoint but also the market awareness and adoption is really really important and it it sounds like you're focusing on that which is great
1: yeah definitely i mean i'm very open and honest with the fact that i'm 27 years old i came from five years in recruitment I'm now trying to run a software company I do have my limitations and I am learning and I've got a hell of a long way to go and that being said if, if we can find somebody that can act as you know a mentor and, and provide me with support and guidance there's there's going to be so much value in that and, and I think regardless of your previous experience and regardless of your capability I think there's always more that you can learn I think it, there's never any harm in having extra opinions and extra people looking at a problem because people will always look at things in different ways and, and and right now being just the two of us you are limited so yeah it is really important to us that we find that person that's going to say Look, i can really help drive this forward not just here's here's the money off you go
0: and have you got any time pressures around finding that person or people
1: no not really that's the beautiful thing i mean obviously the only kind of time pressure is that martin and i at the moment are working for reduced salaries you know we, we've taken that risk to, to leave full-time work and, and chase the dream and, and like anything when you're starting up you do take that risk of going without salary for a little while and that's the only big issue that we have really because as i say we've got no expenditure at the moment so it, it's a, it puts us in a in a position where actually we can take as much time as we need to make sure we get it right
0: mm. and in terms of transacting on the platform already is it live for these employees
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah, it is live. It has been live since December last year. When we launched the product in December, we were transacting and we were open to connecting people straight away. We did have some fundamental flaws, which became apparent pretty quickly that made things difficult, not impossible. Um, but the whole time we, we have been transacting on the system. We've been connecting employers to recruiters. The only area we operate in at the moment is is software development. Like we decided to pick a niche. So I think we've got sixty seven different employers that have now come to the system, used the site and posted opportunities on there. And, and we've grown to over 300 recruiters on there as well. So we are slowly kind of growing and we're growing nicely each month. But yeah, we, as I say, like when we initially first started it, there were some kind of flaws that held us back a little bit. But mm. second half second half of this year, making some changes, listening to what the market's wanted, it's, it's really helped us kind of push on.
0: Why did you choose that niche in the first place, software development? Just, just give me your thought processes mm-hmm. on that.
1: Yeah, so one of the big factors was Software development was the area that I recruited in. I spent five years as a recruiter recruiting software developers, mainly within the .NET world, the Microsoft world, and a little bit of kind of front end focused software devs. So it was an area that I thought I kind of understand the languages. I understand the lingo. Got a few connections in that area already. I think that software is also going to be a, a, a growing market. Um, the world seems to be becoming software these days so I thought it's something that's only going to continue to grow and there's going to be continual opportunity there and after working in recruitment I know how hard it is to find these people so I thought employers that are at they will struggle be struggling to fight, find software developers so if we can bring them another channel um, that gives them the opportunity to reach out to more people and access more developers bring the right talent in that's always going to be appealing so that's kind of what made my decision and, and when I read There's a book I read called The Lean Startup by Eric Ries. You've probably heard of it, but it talks about kind of picking that niche and and finding an area, getting that one area right first, before being a bit like a jack of all trades. And Mm. that's what we wanted to do. Um, Like we, we again, just having me here doing the business development and the marketing and the sales side of it, if I was spreading my time over different industries and different areas, it would probably be a little bit more of a waste of time. Now that I've, now that I've picked that niche, And I attract employers that are all looking for software developers. It means that the recruiters on the system are always getting opportunities that are relevant to them rather than me dropping on software roles, then legal roles, finance roles. You know, everything just comes, everything that comes onto the platform is going to be relevant for the recruiters that we've collected on there. With the world that we're in at the moment, obviously, when employers are using a recruiter to find a software developer is typically somebody that's senior has mm-hmm. experience they're probably if they are coming to our platform for juniors they, they probably go to university fairs and things like that so i don't know if we'd potentially be able to help them um, but there's definitely something that, that we can look at in, in terms of like opening up our platform to candidates to people that are interested in, in getting advice and getting experience and getting them on there to connect with employers maybe at a reduced fee but not through actually kind of coming through a, re- a recruiter okay if that makes sense it does thank you
0: what about scalability of the technology uh, as you grow and and scale the, the usage what what we'd be doing there
1: so we we were quite lucky actually when it comes to scale because we qualified for the BizSpark program with Microsoft i don't know if you've have you heard of BizSpark?
0: I haven't heard of BizSpark but I know that there's a lot of accelerator programs with Microsoft.
1: Yeah, well the the BizSpark one specifically is basically free access to the microsoft suite so if you're a business i'm going to test my memory here but if you're a business that's privately owned turning over less than a million and um is is younger than five years old you can apply for the microsoft biz spark program and you basically put a pitch together with what you're doing why you think it's going to be successful a bit of a, a use case really and if microsoft buy into it they basically come back and they give you Uh, use of the Microsoft suite for 12 months. So we were lucky enough to get onto that. And so far, we're yet to pay for any technology uh, when it comes to the software dev. And we're also hosted on Azure, the Microsoft cloud, which gives us great opportunity to scale because as soon as we need more server uses as soon as we get more users and we start to increase and see that growth we can instantly scale up because we're already we've started off being built straight on the cloud given to us by microsoft but it literally allows us to up our capacity within the click of a button and just bring bring new users on the i mean that that does run out soon so the investment would start to pay for our use our server usage um but still with where we are right now it's kind of minimal costs i think it's going to cost us 90 to 120 pound a month at the moment with the kind of data that we're getting go through the system so mm. it the, the money will definitely go there it will help as i say we are capable of scaling and i think the other thing for us is it's just about having maybe some more people really to help support martin because one person doing everything it's a lot right it's a
0: lot under risk and uh, a risk to the business
1: of course yeah, yeah 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 it's a risk for the business and it, and it is a lot so it would it would definitely be handy if we can get him some more people and we can get things moving a little bit quicker because that's that's one of the things with me i'm i always want to kind of go charging in like a bull um in a charter shop and, <laughs> and he tells me specs out okay this feature is going to take this long or this element going to take this long because it's me doing it on my own. And I'm like, man, I want it done quicker. Um, and it's just one of those things that you have to learn to learn to be patient. That, they're the two main areas, though. If we go back to where the money's going to go with investment, it's kind of that sales, business development, marketing area and also the product development and having more resources.
0: Great. So what were the learnings then that you've had from the initial idea concept to where you are today?
1: One of the big ones for me is just to get a product out there and start talking to people about it and it's it's something that a lot of people say but i I really really do see the value in it now like when i first started i was very shady almost with keeping what i was doing under the radar and i thought i'm sitting on this great idea and i don't want to share it with people in case somebody runs off with my idea and all the rest of it and i learned very quickly that really no one cares (laughs) no one really cares about your idea and everyone's so busy that they they don't have time to you know, steal what it is that that you're doing. And as soon as you start actually talking to people about it, their opinions on it and their feedback on it are what shape it. So mm. it was just so important to actually realize, okay, we just need to start talking to everybody we can about this, everybody that we think might use it, because any ideas that they give us are probably going to be relevant because they're the people that are going through the struggles. Um, Getting it out there as well, like just getting that product out there. As I say, the MVP that we launched last year, you you kind of look back and you almost feel embarrassed by what it is that you actually delivered. But again, if we didn't get that product out there last year, we wouldn't have learned what we have this year. If that makes sense, we would have Mm. still been kind of heading in the wrong direction. Almost. We would have been building things that we thought were going to be relevant that really weren't. So, It's just the quicker that you can get it out there and get it to market, the quicker you're going to learn and and the quicker you're going to grow. So I'd say that's definitely one of the biggest lessons I've kind of picked up this year.
0: Uh, Is there a particular entrepreneur or business owner that you're following that you you look up to?
1: Uh, Is is there anyone you could share with the listeners? Elon Musk is a big one for me, Mm -hmm. I think. I know he's he's probably not the flavour of the month at the moment. I think there's a lot of... um, negative negative press about him, isn't there, really? Because obviously that he was on that podcast that he was on where he was caught smoking weed. I don't know if you saw that. I think um, so. Did you not? I I'll look it up. Yeah, look <laughs> it up. I I think I think it was is it Josh or I can't remember. It's an American comedian, but Elon Musk was caught smoking weed and on well, he was given a joint on there and smoked this thing live on a podcast and he lost a lot of Shareholders, I think there and then, and he's had had a lot of negative press. But I, I really buy into him. I've read his autobiography. He seems like a pretty cutthroat kind of guy, which maybe isn't the best kind of. But his work ethic, you you can't you can't like doubt his the work ethic that he's got, and and that inspires me. And I think also his the kind of companies that he's involved with are all on a mission to really change. The world you know like to to change space travel and the whole tesla electric car thing if if it went as and when it comes in it's going to have a huge impact on on the world and i've got a lot of respect for him from that um and the work ethic that he puts in i just buy into that if you want to achieve something and you, and you want to change something you've got to work hard committed and, and you can't doubt the fact that that he is committed to what he does so um that's another book as well like his autobiography is is, is a good read Kind of mm. gives you an insight into what he's had to sacrifice and what he's done. I mean, he, he, when he left PayPal, I think he cashed out about 120 million, which he pumped all into SpaceX and getting that off the ground. And, and that was another thing. I think that's a massive risk, right? You just, just cashed out a hell of a lot of money. And most people would probably think, yeah, I'm going to be sweet for a while. I put my feet up for a bit and he's gone naturally. Do you know what? I want to send rockets into space and build the first ever private, private space exploration company and stuff like that, that I go, yeah, okay, I really kind of, that inspires me. Mm.
0: Yeah, likewise, likewise. And so, with regards to a high work ethic, do you have any time to continue sporting interests, any sort of fitness interests?
1: You know, I exercise every day, like, well, pretty much six days a week. Um, I'm very routine. I get up in the morning and I'll be in the gym at six. I always do six till quarter past seven every morning in the gym. And for me, personally it's one of the most important things to do like to get out and get exercise and um, let off some steam starts the day off great like i'm i'm a huge advocate for that kind of thing I, I don't actually play many sports anymore i used to be into football quite a long time ago i used to actually be into skiing as well i used to race um slalom skiing used to be the thing that i used to cool. do on, on the plastic slopes um, here him in the uk but I, I, when I kind of went to university, dropped a lot of the sports that I played and, and just focused on the gym um, into my running as well. But yeah, it, I, if I'm not working, I will find myself kind of out exercising, doing something because it's, it's cheap, right? It's free mm. as well.
0: Mm. So you're here now, you've yep. got a platform that's coming up to a year, year old. Yeah. You may be looking at funding in, in the near future. Yeah. And uh, you're looking to scale and grow, uh, bring more businesses into the ecosystem to recruit developers yeah where do you see yourself in the next 12 months and i appreciate that could be quite a difficult question to answer
1: no, no it is it's um it is a difficult one because we need to decide on where we're going to go with investment right we've got i'm actually going out to australia because martin is still out there um, I fly out on Tuesday and the reason I'm going out there is to kind of review the year and, and talk about where we're going to take this in the, in the next 12 months because I think we're sitting at a bit of a bypass right now, we're a bit crossroads maybe, yeah. where we've kind of got two mindsets. One – do we stay bootstrapped and, and do we keep it really small like we have and keep reiterating the product for another 12 months and get it to the point where it's kind of really slickly ticking over and we've kind of plugged all the holes that we still see that we've got um, and in a year's time be actually maybe not focusing on scaling the product massively but building a core user base of, of repeat users repeat customers that really buy into what we do and actually become a little bit of like a brand advocate for what we're trying to do or we've got the opportunity where we are sitting and offers of investment where we can take that money we can pump a lot of money into digital marketing online advertisements pay-per-click and also and also go to software. So we're kind of looking at two options, really, in the next 12 months, in which way we're going to go. And, and I can see positives and negatives to both, if that makes sense. And in the next kind of couple of weeks, I think we're going to make a big decision on, on which way our future is going to go and where we want to take it. Um, I know it doesn't really answer your question, because <laughs> the, the honest answer is I don't know which way we're going to go yet. But it'll be interesting to see what we decide.
0: Where, where are you heading off? two in australia whereabouts
1: right, so he's in sydney cool so, yeah luckily for him he's, he's still out there right um it was <laughs> he he said to me that he was going to come back to the uk i think kind of the, the agreement is that as and when the business requires him to be here he'll come he'll come he's actually um he's actually from brighton and He's but he's been out in australia for 15 years so has a citizenship out there and the agreement was you know whilst he because he's not customer facing at all he, he can do his work from, from there and we communicate via Slack.
0: That's interesting from a business point of view that you've got a f- footprint in two markets.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and because I recruited out there as well, I've weirdly got quite a few contacts out there that have messaged me via LinkedIn. They keep up to date with kind of the content that I'm posting and, and they say to me, you know, as and when you bring this out there, let, let me know because I'll I'll trial it for you. I'll be kind of like initial users out in Australia but again, I think, I think, I think we've got to focus to get one thing at a time so I, I don't see us kind of going out there anytime soon but definitely the big, the big plan is to, to get out there and, and, and take it international and that would probably be it would make so much sense that 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 would be the next place that we'd look because, as you say, we've already got somebody out there and I've already got connections and a network out there as well. So, That's good to hear.
0: What sort of competitors do you see and how do you feel you differentiate yourself against them?
1: So, So the big competitor that we have here in the UK is a business called Hiring Hub. They're also a marketplace for the recruitment industry as well, doing a very similar thing to us. They are spread out across... Any industry, though, they, they cover more industries, they cover more areas, they are more mature than us because uh, they've been around for longer. Uh, I think the kind of big differentiators between us and, and our other competitors, because there's a few, there is a few more mm. out there as well, is that what we're trying to be is the, the only marketplace that actually connects employers to freelance or independent recruiters rather than recruitment agencies. And the reason that we're doing that is because we think that. So to change the industry and provide something different, we've got to go for that, the pure freelance model. Because if we just connect people to other recruitment agencies, that's kind of facilitating the industry the way it is. It's a bit corny, a bit cheesy, but I looked at the other kind of disruptive technologies out there, the likes of you know, your Uber or Airbnb to pick the common ones. And Uber obviously connects uh, the individual rider to the, the individual driver rather than the taxi company. And Airbnb does it with the individual host rather than the hotel chain. Um, For us, we want want to be that kind of Uber or Airbnb of the recruitment industry. So it's about creating a a pool of independent recruiters that all work for themselves and employers then get a kind of different service because they don't go to a recruitment agency and get that type of service. They get a bespoke service where they're connected to an individual that I believe will provide a a more more personalized service, if that makes sense. And Mm. it's also about giving opportunity to recruiters. I worked for an agency, you've got 20% commission on everything that I build. You know, you you, you have the office hours, you don't have the flexibility, you work long hours um, and then get 20% of everything you build. And for me, I want to provide an opportunity for recruiters to go, well, actually, do you know what? There's this platform over here where I can keep 90% of what I bill, I can be my own boss. I can have flexible time. I can work my own hours and all the rest of it to actually, provide a, an option for recruiters to say hey i'm going to go off and, and, and start my own company and do my own thing and i've got the security here of sniper to act as the back office so that's kind of one of the big differentiators i think the other thing that is a differentiator for us is is we actually allow recruiters and employers to have direct contact this is something that has pros and cons to it now now i believe that to provide a good service and to facilitate the industry, if we act as a third party in the middle and actually manage all the communication, it slows things down. I think with a lot of our competitors, you have the employer and they would deal with the account managers of the marketplace. And then the account managers that work at the marketplace then pass the message on to the recruiter and back and forth. The recruiter never gets to directly speak with the client. And for me, I think that makes it hard for the recruiter because. They don't get the opportunity to qualify the job properly. And I think the main thing is that things get lost in translation, right? When you're passing messages in between, it takes longer and things get lost. So we actually say, right, OK, we want to be a platform that connects people directly. We don't want to manage the recruitment. So when an employer and a recruiter connect with us, we step out of the way and we let the recruiter and employer speak. I think it makes it better from a process perspective, but one of the big issues that we potentially can have is that we can be circumnavigated quite easily. And that's one thing that investors have brought up a lot of the time in our conversations is by actually connecting the recruiter and the employer together, you open yourself up to being completely cut out the process. So it does have the negative connotation to it as well, but I, I think it's the way to go and as i say it makes us um, it differentiates us at the moment from slightly from the way that the other marketplaces are working
0: i suppose the concerns from the investor's point of view is is the monetary value
1: so how do you generate revenue yeah so we generate revenue with every successful placement that goes through the system and at the moment the way that it works is well because i'm very hands-on with the system and i know what's going on i'm very close with all the employers and the users that are on the platform So I think that kind of protects us slightly. It's obviously not scalable, though, which I understand. Mm. But what we do have is because we have a standardized set of terms, that helps us quite a lot. Employers come to the site and they like the fact that once they've signed the sniper terms of business, you don't have to sign terms with every individual agency. You can use any recruiter on our platform underneath our contract. And what that means is that if we are to be cut out for the employer to be protected, they need to sign terms with that recruiter directly they would actually have to sign an agreement and that takes time right it takes a negotiation it takes time for them to read through that document and and that protects us as well because employers are like i don't want to sign your terms i just want to deal with this through the platform and it has that convenience it, it's an, it's another reason as well why we went to the freelance model because the freelancers and independents get so much from us that i feel like they have no motivation to cut us out because the, the way that they talk to me about it is well You know, you help me get my foot through the door, chase the fees. You take care of the legal, like small independent recruiters. Their biggest struggle is, is, you know, knocking down these doors and getting in front of these employers. It's tough because there's so many other people out there. So we provide this platform that does that for them. And a lot of them have kind of said to me, well, (laughs) there's no point me biting the hand that feeds me because if you shut me down, because we will shut people down if we find out they've tried to cut us out. And they're like, if you shut me off the platform, it cuts off the leads that I'm getting and the opportunity that you're presenting me. So that was another reason that we've done it. And we're just going to have to yeah, police it as, as close as we can. Other things that we can do further down the line is like, have you heard of Upwork?
0: No, no. Tell me. Tell me more.
1: Upwork are just like a freelancer portal. Have you heard of freelancer.com or people per hour? Uh, no. So, so they're just marketplaces where freelancers... Can connect with anybody that needs a job doing so if i went to upwork.com i could hire a lawyer or i could hire a, a developer to build a website um, i could hire somebody to come over and do my um do my plumbing or whatever if you put a job on there you'll get responses same thing that we're doing you know the two parties are connected and, and the work is done and what upwork do quite cleverly is they have an escrow account where they take a deposit Mm-hmm. So, like, so with the employer we would take a deposit and say right okay your estimated fee for this recruitment process is going to be whatever we will then take that deposit and we can hold that in an earth account again as another deterrent for people to cut you know not cut us out because we've already got part of that cash it's easy just to run it through the system
0: covered off a lot of ground i think it's really exciting to hear what you've done today already and where you're going for the next sort of 12 24 months will you be happy to to come back in 12 months and share your experiences with the listeners
1: yeah definitely 100 um, percent in 12 months time
0: so in 12 months time yes so I'll, I'll be in contact of course over the period of the 12 months just to see how you're getting on uh, but from a recording standpoint yes
1: yes yeah, definitely it puts the pressure on as well right <laughs>
0: yeah, well there, there's an element of accountability you're talking about what you're doing and it's yeah seeing whether you do it and yeah uh,
1: yeah
0: yeah That's it's, it, it's good to see and it's a I'm, I'm personally evaluating individuals, what makes a business great from a human perspective? You know, what is the profile of an individual that becomes an Elon Musk, becomes a Sir Richard Branson and so on?
1: Deluded, I
0: think. <laughs> <laughs> I can answer for that.
1: <laughs> oh, honest to God, it's delusion. It really is. Um, it,
0: yeah. You could, yeah, from the outside, but from the inside, it's self-belief, strength in, in you, knowing that you, you can solve a problem and you you have a great idea that needs to come to fruition. I think there's there's two ways of looking at everything.
1: Yeah, I think I think I think discipline is massive for this because like for me, I, I've been working on my own, like a lot of this year it's been really hard. And I think sometimes people can when that temptation's there of like, Oh, I can put my feet up at two in the afternoon or it's Friday I'm going to take a three-day weekend or whatever um it, you obviously get those kind of temptations and I think when you're starting something like this you've got to be disciplined and you've got to say you know, no one's watching you so it's easy to just like just to bunk off and not do anything mm. so I think you, know, you need to have discipline to say right no one's watching but I'm still going to be working hard and I'm still going to be pushing because like you say if you don't then nobody else is doing it and there's no results right?
0: great well thank you so much for your time no worries i wish you all the best uh, with regards to the next 12 months and the building of your business thank you so much for your input and insight
1: it's a pleasure we'll definitely keep in touch and thanks yes. for your time as well and the opportunity luke thank you speak to you again soon speak to you soon cheers
0: bye so what do you think we'll have another interesting story to dive into next week looking forward to it already some questions to you in the meantime what is your story what is your reality right now and what are you working towards? let me know so you can connect with me on twitter just type in bash in the search and you'll find me so bash b-a-s-h easy on instagram it's bash reality so that's bash underscore reality and on linkedin benjamin ashmore make sure you subscribe and until next week cheers